uh, we're heading up to Rutherglen and let's chat to Mick Murtagh from Buller Wines. How are you, Mick? Good, thanks. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, good. So uh, how's the weather up there today? We've got a, a stunner starting uh, down here in Melbourne. Yeah, no, it's it's the same up here. Beautiful weather. It's always beautiful in Melbourne, though, isn't it? What is it? The Victorian Riviera, mate? The Victorian Riviera. Do you even want me to tell you that I'm in the Gold Coast right now and it's our gorgeous 27-degree day? Uh, yes, it's, well, it's stopped raining finally. Yeah, I know. You're oh, okay. cool. I know. Okay. Touche. I've just come back from... I've been over the coast at, on the south coast of Dalmine for a few days. and um, Right. Yeah, no, it's been pretty pretty ordinary over there. Mm. Yeah, it's uh, it's so much water, isn't it? Um and uh, so, have you have you had rain, Mick? Uh, look, we had a pretty wet January and well, the first half of February, and uh, we were getting quite nervous, particularly up in the King Valley. We got, uh, we take a lot of fruit off vineyards high up in the valley, yeah, um, on the high ranges. But um, middle of February, it basically stopped raining, and it's been been joyous ever since. Yeah, no, amazing vintage, really. Excellent, mm. excellent. So, um, and you f- are you done for Vintage 22 as far as picking? Uh, I've got some musket. We've still got some musket out here at Rutherglen, mm-hmm. um, just letting it ripen up um, and a little bit of giraffe and then we'll be done. So hopefully this week we'll have, uh, have uh, be finished. Yeah, we're very late compared to last year. It's probably a month later. So Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah of course. We're hearing that quite a lot, uh, aren't we, Simon? Um, yeah. I was out in Mudgers a few weeks ago for the show and... Um, yeah, uh, New South Wales is very much about, you know, four to five weeks uh, behind vintage. Mm. I think it's actually been great this year because we've had, um, for a long time, the, the whites and the reds have always come in together. Um, mm. and, and that causes all sorts of problems, obviously, in the winery for for, um, for processing. But uh, this year we actually picked all our whites and then picked all our reds, which is the first time in probably 10 years since we've, we've done that. Mm. Yeah, because there was a series of... Um Vintages that were really, really compact, and that yes. was um, yep. just hold on a moment. Uh, um, uh, yeah, so yeah, that was really compact, wasn't it? So yep, yep. No, I know the hot, like the hotter years when you when you finish up, you know, you start harvesting in February. You're going to get those first two weeks of March that are very hot, and it yep. just makes everything compress in, and then you've just got to get it in. Um, but this year, you know, every day's been 27, 28 here. Um, we've had, I think, we've had two rain rain events in the last five weeks. Um, right, it's just been okay. perfect, really. Mm. It's the, just the, the ideal stunning. conditions. It's going to be a great oh. vintage. Mm. Yeah, so it's it's really nice to hear when we're speaking to pretty much anyone from Victoria, well, anyone from um, Victoria or South Australia, we're hearing the same thing. As soon as you go uh, further north, it, it's not quite the same. But um, I've, I've got a question for you. Just um, understand that Rutherglen is really known for its fortifieds, and you guys uh, produce some exceptional um, fortifieds. When it comes to the vintage and the picking, um, you say the muskets you're just about to do. How how later are they are they normally in comparison? To the um, to the table grapes. So, so what, what we're doing with what we try and do with musket, um, the, the plan always is to pick it in two or three in two or three picks. So when you pick it early, you get that lovely. So we're talking fourteen bones. So it's not really early in, in relative to, to table wine, um, sure. but you get those lovely aromatics and, and pure fruit characters. Um, and then as you let it ripen, and you know the last lot, we'll probably pick it twenty bones. Um, you get these huge, intense, um, almost raisin-like characters. 
um, mm. you know, very pure raisin-like characters. So, so that that's the difference is that um, the sugar profile is much much later for for muscats. Yes. Um, and some, it, it's funny because it, some of the clones of giraffe are very late ripening as well. Um, and the beauty with giraffe and Malbec and those um, varieties is they don't shrivel. So right. Shiraz will gain BOMO by shrivel because it's not a pulpy variety. So you can go from 14 to 18 very quickly with Shiraz because you get that shrivel and that loss of weight. Um, and that always leads to stewed characters, whereas the giraffe and the Malbec and, and those uh, fleshier varieties actually don't shrivel, so, so you don't get that massive acceleration in sugar. Right. Um, yes. So you can leave them on the vine longer to get those pure berry characters, if that makes sense. Yep. Mm. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Um, hey, uh, Mick, one of the things we wanted to, to have a chat about uh, today is just briefly on, on the history and and to... I suppose put buller buller wines back on people's um, list of where to visit. Yep. So yep. you've been around a hundred years, um, you know, a bit over, and and um, you know you've got a cellar door that's open seven days, and and it's you know beautiful rather Glen, and um, and then then your range of wines is is really vast. You go from some really serious reds down into mm. a range that I had um, the other day, uh, which is the the Nook, which you know is. Is for the young wine adventurer, as you as you guys say. Yes, correct. So, so Bullers is it's a hundred year old um, winery. It's famous for its fortifieds. You know, we're the only winery in the world, I believe, that has two hundred out of a hundred from Robert Parker mm. um, for our rare musket and our rare tokay. Um, incredible wines, incredible old stocks of those beautiful, rich fortifieds. Um, and you know, we hang our hat on that to a large extent, but we also do the Rutherglen Red, the big, rich styles. Um, we've got a you know 100-year-old vineyard block out the back that makes our block um, Shiraz, which is pretty awesome. Um, and then all of the Balladier range, oh, sorry, then our Calliope range is all the state grown. Mm-hmm. So those vineyards are all 60-plus um, years old. Yeah. Um, big, full, rich, traditional styles, I suppose you'd call them. Um, well, I had one of your Chardonnays um, the other night, actually. So... That was a 2020, which um, would have been entered into the Chardonnay Challenge last year. Yeah, the Calliope Chardonnay. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Yep. So one. that comes off a single vineyard um, up in the King Valley, which, so, so my history is I worked for oh, many places, but way back in the mid 80s, I started down at Domaine Chandon um, mm-hmm. and I was in charge of buying all the fruit. Um, so I've, I've made some pretty strong friendships in. Um, relationships in the King Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are a couple of exceptional vineyards up there that um, we really wanted to be able to source some fruit of when I joined the Buller team. Um, and we managed that. Um, and, yeah, that, that Calliope Chardonnay is an absolute, yeah, it's a great wine for the price, certainly, there's mm-hmm. no doubt. Yep. Mm. Um, can I just ask you, uh, you've also got the range, the RLB, um, and that's even... Uh, it's sensational value for about seventeen dollars. Um, what's what, what audience is that aimed at, and uh, and what does the RLB stand for? So, so the RLB stands for Reginald Langdon Buller. So it's a tribute, a homage to our founder. Mm-hmm. Um, it used to be under what they called the Beverford Range, which was a Swan Hill branding. Um, so, so they're they're wines of Victoria. So so there we go out and we source parcels of fruit mainly from Swan Hill and those areas. Um, 
to make those you know really great value wines um, in that range, and that's certainly targeted at that supermarket, um, you know, drink tonight style products. Yes. Yep. Mm. So you can pick these up pretty much, you know, at liquor stores around around the state, that sort of jazz. Correct. Victor- we have very strong distribution in Victoria. Um, yep. So so you will pick it up at most of the IGAs and those sorts of places. Sure. Um, we've now got some things starting to go into dance, um, particularly in that Nook range. Okay. Um, but again, you'll find them in all the IGAs. Um, a lot of pubs and clubs now in, in Melbourne are starting to stock the RLB or the Nook. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, it's good. Mm. Yeah, well, it's, uh, yeah, I, I was impressed with it, you know, from, you know, it's a, I mean, they're not as serious, obviously, as some of the, your other wines, but um, just the fun aspect of it, you know, I mean, packaging, you know, for young young people at the on the shelf at Dan's, for instance, is, you know, it's, it's kind of key, isn't it, to uh, yeah. attract the yeah, eye? Yeah, well, and... we, we now know nearly 50% of all wine purchases are made by people born in this millennium. <laughs> wow. Yes, um, well, and that's, that's, that's a scary thought. <laughs> For us, people not born in this millennium, we need to lift. And that's the fact of it, yeah. uh, you know. And as you say, they are adventurers. They are people looking for a place, a story, um, a brand that fits their lifestyle. Mm. Um, and that brand obviously carries through into the wines. And that's what we've done with the book. It's a and you don't like to use the word, but it's a cafe-style wine where it's soft, easy drinking, great juicy fruit. Um, lower alcohol. And, you know, uh, mm. Not not so much lower alcohols. Um, just you know what we're trying to do is make really approachable wine for for that marketplace. And it's all about the cafes. It's all about sitting in the sun when you have a glass of red, yeah, or or white, um, and enjoying that with food. And you know, as much as we love our big reds. Um, we're now a, a very cuisine-orientated um, country, mm-hmm. yep. um, and and a lot of those big reds just kill great food. You know, they just overpower your food, and people nowadays want to eat their food and, and drink their wine. And um, yep. so, so you've got to make wines more approachable in style, so that they don't, you know, knock the knock the food around too much. Yeah, right. Yeah, for sure. For um, sure. So do you do you reckon that the uh, that the adventurer aspect of of you know the millennials translates or will translate now that we can travel again um, to coming to regions and, and actually going to cellar doors and things? Yes. Yeah, look, we've had incredible numbers through cellar door in the last few months. Um, people obviously still are a bit reluctant to travel overseas. Um, and, you know, that's that's where we're, where we're heading, really. Um, so um, we've, we've spent a lot of time and effort here in Rutherglen to put in like an outdoor seating area we do like pizzas and light light food out the back um we've got almost like a bar entrance for the cellar door so, so you really try and make it a more casual experience yeah. um where people can actually sit and savor the wines and enjoy it we still don't charge for tastings um as well as our traditional countertop um structured tastings in in cellar door um and we're just in the process now of building 10 one bed accommodation units all right oh that's great um so when yeah, once they're in, hopefully we'll have lots of people coming to stay. Hmm. Yeah, well, and that's the key, isn't it? It's a, um, you know, rather Glenn from Melbourne is a, is a bit of a drive, so you're not doing it in a day. You you do need to stay over um, in region. Yeah, correct. Yep. And the yep. other thing is, yep. people do like a one stop shop. They they want to be able to go somewhere where there's a restaurant on site. 
um, obviously there's the tasting experience and there's the accommodation. They kind of yeah, want it all. Correct. And the fact that you also, you host quite a few events, don't you? Quite a few of the um, the Rutherglen wine events at your wineries. Yeah, yep, yep. And we've got, well, we've got Ross Wilson today at the Bad Loves. I was just going to say that. You've got oh, him yeah. at 12.30. He, he's on. I've just, just been trying to park it while I'm talking to you. I've just been trying to park the stage. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, if I sound a little bit all over the shop, that's because I am. Right. <laughs> I wouldn't have noticed. So the stage is, is on a... <laughs> Is the stage on the yeah. back of a track or it's a trailer type thing? It's a trailer, yeah. yeah right. so they've got my car now and they're off doing it. <laughs> so I've just I've just left them to it. Hopefully it'll be all right. Hopefully um, it's straight. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I think, you know, the days of just being a cellar door um, are, are numbered. You know, people want more now. They want an experience. Mm. Um, it's about the wine and it's about the people. Absolutely. And look, it's also that wine is becoming more accessible, not just from Celador as well. So so the, the, the necessity to actually go to the Celador to try a certain wine is becoming less and less. Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. It's still, there's something still great, I reckon, about a Celador, you know, and, and then, you know, grabbing the bottle that you that you bought there or, you know, grabbing some out of the, out of the case you've ordered, you know, from there yep. and it takes you back to the friends you were with and the day and the reason you were there and all that sort of thing i i do think you can't replace that um no and but do you think it would ever actually be replaced? i don't i don't think it will because what you say is absolutely correct but i think you know to mixed point is that um you know the the, the audience is changing mm. and they do want more that's that's basically the generation yeah <laughs> more that's right yep, yep, yep. yep. And, and let you know, and, and that I think for us too works in our favour because if you've got a great brand and a great brand story, mm. um, they engage with your brand much better. Like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's for the smaller wineries story, with, with yeah. the honest, you know, with the real um, home base and all those sorts of things. It's it works very well in mm. the new mm. marketplace. Yeah, people do want that experience. For they sure. do want to know they're talking to the winemaker. Yeah. 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 And then and then hopefully they're relaying that story to their friends when they're sharing the wine with them, you know, because Correct. Yep. that's and, and I guess that's where you get that that authenticity. You, like you can't you can't just make up a brand and then all of a sudden have that backstory and you can't have 100 years since Reginald Buller bloody planted the the vines, yep. you know, you can't you can't that's correct. skip ahead. Yeah. Yep. Um yep. and it's, it's always a quandary, you know, where what are we and um, you know, we, we've just been through the vision, mission statement process, and you know, we want to be a great Victorian brand. No longer so much a Rutherglen brand, um, as much as our home and our heart is in Rutherglen. Um, we feel that you know the Victorian wine industry's got so much potential. We just want to be a great Victorian brand. Yeah. Um, sure. how, how are you in the export uh, side of things? Do you? Um, uh, uh, we were doing quite a lot to China, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not anymore. No, we've just employed a. Uh, full-time guy doing our export um, so we're off to the UK in July um, and you know it, it's it's become a necessity I suppose now mm. yeah well uh, I don't know if you heard in the in the intro but we've got Jeremy Oliver um, having a chat at the end of the show about sort of 10 30 or so and um, and he is going to talk to us talk us through the the free trade free trade agreement with India um, yep. which yep. looks to show you know some promise I mean it's such a it's, it's certainly something we've we've sort of looked at India a few times um, and and always gone well the tariffs are just yeah. prohibitive wasn't it 150 so, yeah. percent or something 
yeah, yeah, it was it was two hundred, I think. Yeah, it was crazy numbers, and and now it's certainly something we have to revisit. Yeah, but everybody else will be too. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but, yeah. but there are so many wine drinkers, and I think it it sounds like, and we'll wait. We won't steal Jeremy's thunder too much, but just from from a cursory glance of it, it's um, it seems in a similar way that China grew as the as the middle class, I suppose got onto Australian wine and actually started really um, getting their head around it, you know, yep. the, the yep. volume they needed just increased exponentially. And I think it sounds like a similar thing with the um, Indian market. Yes. Yep. And I, I think also, you know, we, we sit very well with India in terms yeah. of um, how to get there and, and um, yes. the clean green image and, you know, the things Australia do really well, sunshine in a bottle. Um, yeah. You know, that, that's where the... the, the the younger, the new, the newer drinkers mm. enjoy that style of wine. Mm. And I think you know the Indians tend to have maybe a slightly sweeter palate as well. Um, yep. So probably, probably those, um, you know, the Nook and those sort of ranges are probably going to do well there. Yeah, that's correct. Yep. Mm. Yep. Um, what about the states? Have you had a look at the states yet? Uh, it, it's a very, very mixed, <laughs> difficult market, really, in America. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so we've tended not to um, get too involved there at the moment. We're, we're, we're talking through Austrade mm-hmm. to there, but it, it's it's such a confused three-tier market that it really mm-hmm. does need big company um, backing and dollars backing. To, to make it work. Um, and it just makes it very tough for us little guys, yeah. Yeah, for sure. We actually had, from about six months ago, um, Stephen Patterson, who's the Minister for Trade and Export for South Australia, and yeah. it was about the, the US market agreement for, um, for wine getting in, and basically, I can't remember the amount of funding they were given, but essentially, uh, they uh, basically, they took on 16 uh, wineries from South Australia, and uh, yeah. uh, they're funding 50% of basically getting, you know, the, the opportunity to get them yep. into the market and trying to make that three-tiered structure yep. far more approachable. So yep. what, what, actually, what are your thoughts on that? Do you do you think that really has legs or or not? Um, yes, it does, and we're involved in that process. So we, we, oh, we're great. one of the wineries that are going through that. Um, and it, it, it's a matter of let's go through the – yeah, let's, let's have a look and see what we can do. Yep. Um, For sure. Given Park, uh, Robert Parker – gave you um, 100 out of 100 for your um, fortifieds. Does that make yep. it easier to get um, those wines in? And, and do the Americans uh, enjoy that style? We do export our fortifieds to America, but tending to be not at that higher end. It's more uh-huh. at the lower end. And again, that's a it's a distributor problem, not a market problem. The market would accept those wines very easily. Mm. Um, the, the trouble we have is finding a distributor who's happy to take on small, high-end, um, yep. unique products um mm. because in america it's all about big yes yeah so, you know do they want to take on a you know a full pallet wine into the market <laughs> rather yeah, than a 400 no. pallet. yeah yeah yep. for sure for sure isn't that amazing yep. um mm. Um, but out of interest in the US, um, just as quickly, Simon, no. what would you? So the the Nook who sits around you know twenty three dollars uh, Aussie here. What sort what sort of prices would you think you would be selling it for in the states? It, it, it's basically translate dollar for dollar to the same. It is so. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yep. that's what they call premium wine. That that range. Yeah. At that level. 
Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ten, ten plus US is premium. Yep. Yes. Yeah. Very different uh, categories, aren't they? Um, yep. Mick, on, on your website, just getting back to to the winery uh, here, there's a, a program you've got there called Barrel to Bar um, as one of the experiences people can have yes. at Cellador. Tell us a little about that. Yep. So what we do is we um, we show you essentially the um, the fortified range from its young young self in barrel through to the bottled product. Right. Um, and, and, and that process is, is a matter of we take the wines out that are in barrel ageing um, and, yeah, and, and we, um, and we then show them the against the actual wines that are in the bottle. Yeah, okay. Um, and then also we actually do some cocktails with things like tawny port for people so that we all get a very different experience about fortified wine. Well, that, that, that's clever because we are drinking less of it. So if you can give us more, you know, and many and varied re- ways to, to consume it, that would be a good thing. So yeah, can you give yeah, us some examples of, of how you would use tawny in a cocktail? So we do a tawny and coffee cocktail. Mm. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, with, gin, with dry ginger ale. Um, yep. So, okay. yeah, just over ice. It, it's really good, yeah. So a shot of coffee, some tawny port. Um, and then we just pop that over, over, over dry ginger ale, and it um, just yeah gives you a really lovely. It's kind of like an espresso martini crunch. kind of thing. Yes, yeah, it does yeah. Like yep. that. That, yep. that sounds really cool. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, we we all must get up there. And um, how long until you recon will be ready? Like twelve months or something like that? Ah, uh, yeah, probably twelve months. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, We've sort of we're still waiting on council, but yeah, we're ready to go. We've just got to get the get the, get the, get get it signed off, and, and it'll be building. So excellent. Um, well, rather Glen in winter is is pretty special, um, but any time it's pretty special, I think. So uh, and much uh, there's a, there's a lot to do. So it's really it's a long week from Melbourne. It's a long weekend. I would have thought. You know, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, it's three hours up the road. So we we have a lot of people come up on Friday nights. Yeah. So they finish work. They're up here at eight or nine o'clock. Um, there's plenty of restaurants open in the main street. They nice. stay in town, then they do wineries on Saturday. Um, then they sleep in, have a long breakfast, and yeah, and head, yeah, head back. Um, head back on Sunday. Yeah. Well, we better get up there and see you soon, Mick. Um, yep. And thank That'd you. Be great. Thanks for the chat. And it was yeah, it was great to see to see those um, wines the other day, and um, and um, yeah, just to sort of you know reengage with with Buller wines. Eh? Thanks. Thanks for your time, guys.